to another American Scouser podcast, one of our spotlight podcasts for our Liverpool, official Liverpool Sporter Clubs. And today with us, we have Ryan Borg from the Detroit Sporter Club. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for taking the time to kind of like talk to us about the Sporter Club. I know uh, you guys are one of the actually established ones we were talking earlier about. Like it's been almost six years now, you said, correct? Since 2013? Yep, 2013 was our official registration. Uh, I think I think 2014 was the first year we saw a real significant rise, and, and obviously with the continued growth and success of the club, uh, I think everyone can see in their own clubs, but ours is no exception. That uh, with success comes a lot of interest from from a lot of Liverpool fans. So we've seen that as well. Uh, let's start with you and, you know, talk about, you know, how you kind of like ended up being a part of the Detroit Supporters Club. Are you originally from the Detroit area? Yeah, so I have I was born and, and raised in, uh, in Dearborn, which is only about 15 minutes outside of Detroit. So um, Detroit's been my home my whole life. Um, I played soccer growing up. I played a little bit of college soccer um, and and some college rugby before uh, kind of hanging up the boots. So, so football's always been a part of my life, uh, since I was three years old. Uh, Liverpool, not as much, probably 2000, well, not probably, uh, 2006, uh, during the World Cup, obviously, you loved seeing Steven Gerrard and you loved seeing Fernando Torres and, and, um, and that was also right around the time that the coverage uh, started getting better here in the U.S. for for club level in England um, with uh, with the broadcast rights. So uh, I kind of came into the perfect time uh, to become a Liverpool fan. And then were you like, when did you start going to like watching the games with like other fans and everything like that? Yeah. So at the uh, 2014 World Cup, our what is our now our host pub of of. Liverpool, Detroit, uh, Thomas McGee Sporting House, uh, they also were the home pub for the U.S. men's national team here in Detroit. Uh, and through that, uh, watching that World Cup, you, you met, well, we met a lot more, uh, Liverpool fans, um, some of which were already involved in the process of, of starting their own, uh, OLSC. And I kind of jumped on the bandwagon with them. And ever since then, uh, 2014, I've, I've been there pretty much every week that I can. Is it a lot easier in an area like Detroit? I mean, it's obviously like a large metro area. Was it easier to kind of like gather up the numbers? Because I know like in some smaller cities, that seems the biggest challenge, getting the numbers and finding a location. Sounds like the location finding part was relatively easy. Unless, you know, was it easier to convert them to be an official Liverpool pub if they were mostly like soccer? Yeah, so so we have the benefit of of our pub being very very popular with with pretty much all of the you know the big four American sports, but also football, F1 racing, boxing, uh, rugby. So uh, we're we're very very lucky that the ownership there is pretty well versed in in their background of hosting various sporting events. So the 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 venue was not an issue. And really, I think gathering people wasn't that big of an issue. You know, Metro Detroit's about 4 million people. Um, and there is a, a very large soccer presence. Um, you know, most kids play at some level when they're a kid. And a lot of people in Michigan, because of the auto industry, tend not to leave. So those who stay in the area and 
and kind of harvest that that interest uh, don't tend to leave, tend to keep friends that are local for a long time. So it is, it, it, we've been very, very, very blessed, very, very, very successful at, uh, at keeping a very um, strong foundation in our group. And I mean, what in terms of like getting the word out, I mean, obviously the pub being a, you know, like a popular local spot, I'm sure was a huge uh, advantage because I'm assuming there's already a lot of traffic coming in. I mean, did you guys have to do anything uh, special in terms of like trying to boost up the numbers? Well, because a lot of us were already involved in some capacity in, in you know, kind of footballing avenues, you know, in Metro Detroit, there's a lot of different venues that, you know, that have adult rec leagues or, or competitive rec leagues. There's a lot of uh, footballing that happens in Metro Detroit. So all of us were already in those avenues with like-minded people. So it just became an exercise of engaging them, understanding where their fandom was, if it wasn't with a particular club, uh, and, and if, you know, they wanted to kind of join us for the viewing experience. Uh, and additionally, you know, social media, Facebook especially, paved the way from being able to, to advertise events. Um, our, our pub has done a very good job of, uh, having partners like like Heineken and 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 others that you know different whiskeys that will throw events for us as well um, to try to welcome in the crowd. Oh, that is really cool. I mean, what kind of like events do they like organize? And yeah, is it so, for like, football fans specifically, or more like a football fan gathering kind of an event? No, it's it's really in coordination with with Liverpool Detroit specifically. Um, so. We've had, and I'm sure other groups have run into this, but we've had Guinness come in and do uh, glass engravings in real time. So um, you'll have events where you'll get a free engraved Guinness glass or um, uh, or Heineken will come and sponsor and you get either discounted Heineken or you get samples of, of, of swag. Uh, actually, two weeks ago, uh, forgive me, Klopp, the beer that Klopp was advertising for um, – uh, the, the name escapes me. I'll have to come back to it. But they also ran an event at our pub, uh, giving away free samples and some swag if you bought beer. So we've been we've been really really lucky that uh, that Eric, who who owns the bar that we that we congregate at, is is willing to put his neck out for us and run those events. And um, and it's really done a lot to boost the casual fan into being uh, a very 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 uh, loyal fan for for our group is the brand carlsberg is was that the sponsor or no it's a german it's a german beer uh and i'll have to forgive me i'll have to to look it up um it's a german beer and i cannot remember the name of it and i feel really Which, bad about I, i'm already sold it was a german beer mind you but still <laughs> yeah i'll have to work. i'll have to look it up i i feel bad i actually have some of the swag in my car so i'll <laughs> i feel bad um i, I was drinking it a couple of weeks ago but I, the name escapes me <laughs> well so i've been drinking a lot of it apparently huh <laughs> yeah a little little bit too much and so Let's go back to, I mean, in terms of like, let's go back to the beginning. And you said, I mean, you, in terms of being like a Liverpool fan or kind of like more, I mean, obviously you are originally from Michigan. I mean, some of the sporter club founders and stuff I've talked to are, you know, either from Liverpool or were born like, you know, in the UK and came over to the US and stuff like that. You're one of the ones that is 
like born in the area that's you know the supporter club is in uh what was like the main attraction like what made you say liverpool is my team i mean i know you mentioned a few players was it you know the game style certain players or you know what was it that kind of like attracted you to the club yeah well you have to remember in the year that i became a fan so if we're talking about 2006 of course once you started looking into the club, the immediacy, it, you know, was just right after 2005's Champions League. So it was very, very fresh in, in the mind of footballers. So anytime that you did any kind of rudimentary search, there was an amazing story and, 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 and an amazing style of football, very, very captivizing players individually at the time, a captivizing manager. Um, and so that coupled with what I was seeing in the World Cup, uh, coupled with the fact that, uh, the, the, the viewing rights and the, and the accessibility of the brand, um, really with all the England, English teams at that time really expanded into the U.S. It, it really for me was kind of a perfect storm. Um, but you're right. We, you know, the vast, vast, vast majority of our supporters club are, are not English. Uh, we have some, some people from Liverpool or, or from Warrington or, you know, we have uh, English people, of course, within our group. But uh, I would say 90% of our supporters group are American, most of them here from, from the Metro Detroit area. Are they mostly like relatively newer fans that you, I mean, due to the recent success or like old timers from, you know, like your era, like when you know, last time won the Champions League and the team was more successful, you know, across Europe? Yeah. So I think we have, we have a really good, we have a really good mix, which, you know, I think some, I think traditionally you think that, um, you know, you side-eye somebody who's become a fan so recently. I think one of the really good things that uh, the committee that we have now has done is welcoming people, no matter how long you've been a Liverpool fan. But I would say we have some we have some real old-timers, you know, with their Triple Crowns jerseys, and they have, you know, they've been supporters forever. Um, a lot of those are kind of the, the English expats, but we do have some of our own as well. Um, and then you have some that are, that are from the late nineties, early two thousands into the era that I, that I also became a fan. And then you do have some of the more recent, of course. Um, I think, you know, not to discount 2013, 14 either. I mean, during that year where we, you know, fell short, we had an amazingly beautiful brand of football. So, um, there was a lot of interest gained right as we started becoming an OLSC as well. Um, with the, with the Sturridge and Suarez, um, kind of show, uh, along with Sterling and, and Gerard as well. But, um, that brand of football was really, really, really attractive. And I think that set off one wave as we we're in our infancy. And then, yeah, it, it's undeniable. Uh, you know, the last two Champions Leagues, the success in the leagues, um, this past two or three years, even if you go back to being in the final against Sevilla in, in Europa League. Um, I think we do have, you know, a, a very strong growth from people that are just recognizing the game, even to the point where we have regulars at the bar that weren't even football fans, but they came to matches where we were, loved the energy, loved what they were saying, and um, and just 
bought jerseys and tried to learn as much as I could about the club. I'm actually glad. I mean, glad you kind of like brought that up because I noticed that you know in our you know like Facebook group, like LFC America, which is our Facebook group for like American Scouser, and um, I mean I noticed even there that there is some kind of a light tension between fans who have been fans for a long time and maybe uh, feel like you know they've suffered longer, especially like during the bad years, and there is like kind of like wary of like the newer fans that are. You know, like just kind of like I'm obviously either like hearing about the team or like you're saying, there's more access to the sport by itself with NBC's broadcast and stuff like that. And obviously, success brings a lot of fans as well. But I mean, what do you guys do to kind of, if you will, like mesh those two groups? Because I do notice, especially when things are, I guess, going south or after a bad result or a bad performance and stuff like that, I notice like a lot of tension between like old older fans and like fans who are like newer to the club yeah we you know i think we do because we have such a strong base physically at the pub for every match um we know people that we know who we don't know right so we know when somebody walks into that pub that's wearing red that's looking to watch the match maybe for the first time or maybe for the 10th time but they didn't know where to go and maybe they're they're still you know relatively new fan you know i think none of us and we're we're lucky this way and it hasn't always been this way we had it within our own group as well where there was some animosity for kind of you know the new jerseys the person that wears the you know the new jersey every single year because they don't have you know an old carlsberg jersey or a triple crown jersey or something like that and for me i you know i guess our philosophy is we don't care how you how you got here we're just happier here. You know, we, we will embrace educating you on the songs if we need to, educating you on the history, uh, if, if, if you're willing to learn, or if you just want to have a beer and enjoy the atmosphere. We're okay with that. I don't think any of us are too proud. You know, no one's trying to be the largest Liverpool fan in the room. And that's where you run into those issues, is if somebody feels they have to prove they're the largest Liverpool fan in the room, and I, I think we have a really good balance of new and old, um, and and a really good group of people that that have grown in their fandom together. Especially these last you know four or five years was a really good time to become an OLSC. To be fair, yeah, I mean, the, the recent success obviously is going to bring a lot of fans. I mean, not only because of you know, the final results, but, the, you know, the game, like the team's brand of football, you know, like the heavy metal football, it's a lot more exciting to watch. And obviously we have a lot of the world's top players to be able to watch as well. So it's just natural that we're going to get a lot of newer fans. And I think it's important for like sport clubs, you know, like yourselves to kind of like welcome those people in and make them feel at home so that they do stay as Liverpool fans. I mean, we all started at one point or another as a Liverpool fan, uh, unless you were born in Liverpool, unless you were born into it, we became a fan at one point. Yeah, it is very important. That sounds like you guys have like a good base to be able to establish that. And which, you know, let me ask you that. I mean, converting, you've been there kind of like all along, along the phases. Uh, Do you notice a big difference between, I don't know, having like 15, 20 guys kind of like gather around every week to watch the game? compared to when you guys became an official supporters club? I mean, does it enable you to do more, attract more people? Like, what are some of the advantages that you feel you gain? Yeah, I think um, 
I think certainly the camaraderie level, you know, when you're, when you're in an empty bar and there's four of you or 15 of you or 20 of you, uh, which I think at one time or another, probably all our, our OLSCs around the country have had experience. You can get excite, as excited as you want and, and it doesn't make your fandom any, any less for no one else being there. But there is something to be said, you know, this is using the, the largest extreme of an example. But for, for Champions League final, we've, you know, kickoff here locally was 3 p.m. Our bar was full and closed, allowing nobody else in by 10 a.m. And we had a shuttle running to three other bars that were all full by noon. So there's something to be said around the excitement when, when a goal goes in or an amazing save happens. You know, your fandom with 15 people is one thing, but the elevation and the, I think, added excitement of being with people who are like-minded and, and kind of hanging on every touch of the ball, it really adds to just the viewing experience. And being an OLSC, of course, from a ticket perspective, we do have new fans. And we have fans that have never been to Anfield, of course. And, and of course, you know, we just had the conversation with, with Liverpool on the conference call uh, yesterday. But, you know, to be able to at least offer to try to allocate tickets to our to our base who may not otherwise have a, have a way to get to them um, is, is rewarding when we can do it. Um, so there's a lot of added resources. Of course, the last two years when, when Liverpool have done preseason tours here, those were huge for us. One of them was in Ann Arbor. Um, so it was 40 minutes away. We were the host uh, OLSC. And that was amazing for us. I mean, we had the Anfield wrap the night before, and it was just a very immersive experience. And that doesn't happen when you have 15 or 20 people. That only happens when you have the reputation, the camaraderie, and the and a group of individuals who really, really want to embrace the club and embrace anyone else who supports the club. I mean, I think because that's the closest most fans will get to an Anfield experience probably is watching the game with another like 100 people or whatever, you know, like singing along or like, you know, sharing the excitement. I mean, not to knock other American sports down, but I mean, I'm originally from like Istanbul, Turkey. I, you know, being talking about being born into being a fan. I'm like a fan. I'm a yeah. fan. That's what I was born into. And the experience of watching a game in Istanbul especially like a big game, if I watch a game, it compares to nothing. I mean, I've been to all kinds of sporting events here, you know, football, basketball, hockey, and stuff like that. Does not compare, like watching football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, in a stadium in Europe. It's kind of like does not really translate to an experience over here. Uh, so I think it's important, you know, like to be able to create that atmosphere and have that many people that might be the closest they're going to get to. I mean, you can't go to a major league soccer game and have the same experience. Yeah, and we, you know, in Detroit, we're actually very, very lucky from a sporting perspective, even though all of our professional teams are actually very poor at the moment. We are one of the only cities that have all four of the four major uh, major American sports uh, in a downtown, in the same downtown area. And truthfully, in Detroit, all of them are within half a mile of each other. Um and you're right. There is not one sporting event that I've ever been to. Put it this way. There's no live sporting event I've ever been to for American sports that even compared with watching the Champions League final with the people in a bar. 
right? It was more exciting to be surrounded by Liverpool fans in the bar for Champions League final. That was a better, more immersive atmosphere than any major live sports venue I've ever been to. Never mind going abroad and, and being able to see the team you love um, or being able to experience uh, fandom. It's completely different. You know, when, when people from England come over here and they go to a match of any kind, they don't understand why two people in opposing teams' jerseys can sit next to each other because in football, it doesn't happen that way. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's very, very different experience. And we encourage and we try to offer up allocations or tours or trips through various, um, various means that are offered uh, to anybody that can go because we really, really encourage it. Is there an advantage to um, being a member of the sporter club as opposed to, I mean, I'm, I know there is, but, you know, can you share some of the advantages of being actually an official member as opposed to kind of like occasionally showing at the bar or showing up at the bar and like sharing the experience? Yeah, so we're we're at a kind of a transition point. We, when the club was started, it was more of a, a watching group and we're uh, now that we have the committee that we have, we're trans translating and transitioning into, uh, more of, uh, kind of a, a regimented or, or a, um, constructed club. So we're in the midst of rolling out what those advantages are. Uh, we have, and actually I just got off the phone with them before I was speaking with you. We have uh, local soccer stores here that sell merchandise for all the teams that, um, our members are going to be able to get discounts on. There's going to be discounts on food around our bar. Uh, so our bar does not serve food directly most of the time. Um, so there's restaurants around that deliver too. So there's going to be advantages that way. Um, and then, of course, there's going to be events thrown by uh, Liverpool Detroit, LFC Detroit, um, that, that will be kind of member appreciation events that uh, they'll, you know, they'll be invited to. So uh, we're really just starting to roll those things out, um, you know, a little late, admittedly, but uh, we also didn't have kind of the uh, the structure that we wanted from a committee standpoint until now. Um, can you talk a bit more about that so that, I mean, especially for other sporter clubs or, you know, areas where they're trying to form sporter clubs in terms of the committee and like what it kind of like brings to the table so you guys are able to do these? Because, I, you know, I know like you have to have so many... I guess, officials, if you say, if you will, to be, you know, officially be recognized by Liverpool in terms of like, you know, like a treasurer and stuff like that. But when you say a committee, I mean, what are some of the advantages that it brought so that you guys are able to kind of expand and do these additional things? Sure. So we, you know, we were started by another individual um, and, and we never really had that structure. We never really had a committee. And so anything that went on with the club, uh, went through what that particular person's vision was for the club, even if it wasn't ours. Um, so there's a lack of transparency there. There's a lack of input. Uh, what that committee allows you to do is, you know, nobody's infallible. So you bounce ideas of what you can do for events, what you can do for even something as simple as scarf designs. Do you like them? Do you not like them? Um, should we hold this event? Uh, how many of these things should we do? And, and you really get, you know, people want to be involved. That's the other, the other thing is we never had a shortage of people who wanted to be involved. And I think people's, not only their fandom grows, but their, their, 
dedication to the supporters club grows with the understanding that they may be able to a part of be a part of it. They may be able to influence um, how how events are done or or what fundraisers we can do or who we can partner with. And so I think more is always better. Um, we do have right now a secretary who runs, who helped run all of the kind of preseason allocation, who does uh, all the polls for match allocation and who try to coordinate some of the events. We have a treasurer as well. Um, so uh, who takes care of all of the financial transitions and transactions between club representatives and, and us when we have to pay for tickets we have been allocated or um, expenses for scarves or gear, however, however that needs to be paid. Um, Mitch and Dan do a wonderful job. And, and truthfully, um, they could, they could do it without me. I certainly could not do it without them. <laughs> so you do not, I was under the impression that to be able to be recognized as official, you already had to have almost like a committee in place. Or was that just on paper so, to get official and then it became a reality? No, I think I think the person that started our group did it with the best of intentions. And I think he really was proud to be a Liverpool supporter and wanted to become official. And and I think maybe un, maybe unofficially or maybe officially to the club, but unofficially to the rest of us, there were names in those slots. Um, okay. But... I think effectively in terms of action and in terms of organization and influence on the club, I, we know that there wasn't any other input. And, and that's why when I, when I ran for chairman, I, I didn't really, it wasn't about me. I didn't care if I won as long as three people won, as long as there was a balance, it, it didn't matter to me. So I would, I'd recommend, you know, and I think, you know, there's been discussion about expanding it now that you, you know, kind of have more presence on social media or you have more, you know, kind of video things, you know, there's, there's, I've seen clubs that do a great job of, of kind of delegating those tasks as well. So maybe with time we expand to more, but I would certainly not recommend anybody uh, kind of shrinking to consolidate whatever that opinion is. I would think so. I mean, because for the most part, as far as I know, like nobody's really doing this full time. So we all need kind of like a helping hand. The more people involved, obviously, the more it gets done. And like you're saying, I think, you know, people being more included probably increases the enthusiasm and the, you know, the ability to help. I mean, is it hard? I'm assuming based on what you're saying, it was not really hard to find people to volunteer for these spots. No, it wasn't difficult at all. When our um, when our previous treasurer stepped down um, this past June, we had a plethora of people on the ballot. We had a lot of people that wanted to run, and and we'll be having because that election was kind of in our mid term. Um, we'll be having another one this spring, and and I have no doubt that we're going to have a flood of people who want to be involved. And in, in credit to our group. For those that that did want to be a part of it and did not get voted in, they're still there there every week. There's no animosity. They understand that they were trying to do it uh, for the betterment of of our club and hopefully, you know, bringing their unique skills to our group. And we we love them for that. But there was no animosity. Uh, there was no kind of tapering off of attendance or any resentment. So yeah, we we were just we're very very lucky that we have such a great group. 
is there an advantage, uh, I mean, aside from having a title, I guess, to being involved in the committee, or is it just basically like volunteering ultimately? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a volunteer. I, I don't think, you know, there there's nothing, there's no uh, financial benefit that I can assure you. Um, there's <laughs> no, there's no, you know, they don't have anything, uh, you know, we don't have any access that they they don't have, except for, you know, we get to take care of the paperwork and the match allocations, the communication with Liverpool. Um, you know, I think really the only, the only thing that I've seen, and it, it's not so much an advantage for being part of the committee, but I think everyone wants to be informed is the, the last two preseason tours, of course, being held in the U.S. Um, we had, you know, a lot of people that wanted to go to every event. So, so I think, you know, people always want to know exactly when something's happening, when it happens. Um, so sure, maybe there's an advantage to getting to know a day or two ahead of the rest of the group, but, but certainly there's no, there's no advantage in the fandom. It's just people volunteering their time. And do you guys do any other, I know you mentioned like some of the sponsors coming in for events, uh, with the supporters club. Do you guys do any like, you know, uh, work with like charity and anything like that with the supporter club? So we we tried to kick something off this past summer. Unfortunately, we couldn't get the other supporters groups in the areas from other clubs. Uh, we couldn't we couldn't find a schedule. But um, what what we hope to do we we had a unfortunately a member a young member of of our group pass away um, last year, and so we were planning on doing a charity event, uh, charity uh, football event with other supporters groups. So in Detroit, they have an Arsenal group and, and a Tottenham group and, a, you know, a Chelsea group. So, and, and of course, Windsor is 20 minutes away. So there's also those equal groups in Canada as well that would come over. Uh, we just didn't get, didn't get a chance to do it, but we've also done events with, you know, Carragher's 23 foundation. We've done, we've done raffles that way. Um, so, I mean, we, we've done fundraisers for new goals for local high school. We've tried to contribute to those as much as we could. Um, so we, we try to, we try to dip our hands in when we can. Um, and, and I think with our growing support base, those opportunities will only grow in the future. Uh, and how do you, how would you rate the communication with the club itself, Liverpool? Because uh, I know as they add more supporter clubs, I mean, obviously we added a lot more this year in the U.S. Uh, is it harder to kind of like keep in contact or have they changed certain things as they make more clubs official uh, to make it easier for you guys to kind of like get things going and get the information faster? I think for us, we've been we've been fortunate. I think I think the group at LFC have expanded their team, if I'm not mistaken. So the responsiveness from Liverpool in general has been has been very good for us. I think everybody's gripe is uh, the same, and that is allocation. Um, of course, we had the call with them yesterday regarding that topic, and and so many people had questions that that I think there that probably were a lot more questions that that could have been asked that weren't but um yeah i don't think communication's the issue i think the number of seats at anfield and the wait list for for local season ticket holders is probably uh liverpool america's biggest problem and i mean and i don't see that changing in the future i mean obviously they're probably getting this demand from all over but you would think because, you know, the tours are here, obviously the goals of the tour is to increase the 
you know, the demand over here, are they doing anything different to kind of like increase the supply or, I mean, I would think like you're saying, their hands are kind of tied at the end of the day, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, there's only so many seats. Um, There's only so many tickets to go around. And, you know, even with stadium expansion, those would tend to be geared towards um, reducing the number of season ticket holders on weight because those are local people who will go to every match. Whereas, you know, OLSCs from around the world, travel plans and can fall through or, or illnesses can happen and they can't redistribute. So I don't think they count on those. You know, they don't do expansions for people that aren't in Liverpool. And I, I think it'll go the opposite way. Not only are their hands tied, but I think the the more and more OLSCs that are that are given access to the the limited pot that the rest of us have, um, it's only going to become more difficult to to obtain tickets. And as you know, people asked on on the call, you know, there's nothing they can really do for away fixtures, um, only home. So the, there seems to be very very limited in the ways of change that way. Uh, you know, that I don't know how you would get on a merit base that kind of already are. Um, and, you know, you can't you can't make more seats, unfortunately. <laughs> and that was actually I'm glad you kind of brought that up because I was going to ask about that. And obviously, as there is more supporter clubs becoming official, you know, from the same pots, there's less tickets probably allocated to each. I mean, have has that allocation changed over the years? Like when they do the tour here? Does that kind of change the allocation a little bit, knowing the demand will be more, or is it pretty much the same? No, it's it's the same. You know, in Detroit, we've we've also been hindered by by another thing, and that is our previous kind of uh, leadership administration within our OLSC. Again, I think he did it from the right place, but he would request tickets that nobody requested, just in case if somebody went over to Anfield. He could try to facilitate tickets, which which I think, again, was done with great intention. The problem was because they were never used, LFC Detroit is now provided with very, very few because our percentage of used allocation in previous years was not very good. So um, we're we're fighting that battle. Um, But, you know, the preseason tour. When we're when we've requested tickets for that, I mean, I, I save for maybe the meet and greet with the legends and 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 stuff like that. Um, I think they've been very very accommodating. Uh, you know, I do not expect them. I don't know if they've already announced it yet, but I very very highly doubt that they're going to be coming to the states for a third year in a row. My guess is they're probably going to go out to the Far East um, and maybe Australia, where they have a really big following. So I'd expect that, you know, as OLSCs are growing in the U.S., I'm guessing there are other parts of the world, you know, namely probably Asia and, and maybe even Africa, given the given the influence of, of Mane and, and, and Salah and others. Um, I'd say that the U.S., though a growing market, may not be where OL, where all these OLSCs will pop up in. Yeah, that is a good point. I think the roster kind of almost appeals to several areas because of like the players we have. I mean, Africa is like a perfect example for it. Uh, and then Salah, you know, like in the, like, you know, most of the Muslim countries and stuff like that, obviously he's like a star there. So, I mean, and with the success we have and the, you know, 
the game we play, uh, we are appealing to everyone around the world. Uh, so as we kind of like come to an end here, anything special you want to add? I mean, what can a fan expect when they come to Thomas McGee for a game day activity? Yeah, you'll uh, you'll find somebody there to to shake your hand as soon as you walk in. It may be me, uh, it may be a couple of our other committee members, or maybe uh, a number of of our wonderful regulars that are there. Uh, our bar owner will usually be at the end of the bar, so if you get an opportunity to say hi to Eric, please do. Their staff is incredible. Um, if you're into Irish coffees and Bloody Marys, they have the best. Um, and you'll find an amazing, amazingly involved atmosphere. Um, I know we've hosted others from, from LFC groups in, in the U.S. And I think they tell you the same that we have, we have a wonderful group. And that's, uh, that's something we pride ourselves on. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us, Ryan. And then we'll have all your guys' information on our spotlight page uh, in terms of like social media and stuff. So if there are fans who are regular in the area, I'm sure they will now follow so that they can find out about like, you know, the events that's happening or, you know, like game time activities and stuff like that. Thank you again, Ryan, for joining us. And thanks for all listening to American Scouser. Uh, join our page and definitely join our Facebook group, LFC America, and join the chat. You have a nice day and out the reds.